Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thank you for listening this Tuesday, 420, 2021. Topics on today's episode include the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's Debt Collection Interim Final Rule, and my interview with Rob Chrisman on just that. Are your core beliefs aligned with your company? Is your workplace supportive of your personal ideas and goals? Do you feel encouraged and supported in your work? Churchill Mortgage's core convictions and beliefs are the foundation of the company. They have become daily practices by not only the leadership team, but also the rest of the company. If that appeals to you, Churchill is growing. Learn more about joining the team of employee owners at churchillmortgage.com. Happy 420. As many of you know, tomorrow is Happy Surprise Drug Test Day. Whenever we ask the illustrious Myrtle the Cat about her opinion of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, she remains mum. But the CFPB has been in the press lately. Servicers are girding their loins and making sure their portfolio clients are being handled per rules and regulations. Yesterday, the Bureau issued a debt collection interim final rule related to the COVID-19 emergency. The interim final rule requires debt collectors to provide written notice to certain consumers of the rights under the COVID-19 pandemic CDC temporary eviction moratorium and prohibits certain misrepresentations about consumers' eligibility for protection under such moratorium. For more on that, I wanted to bring on Rob Chrisman for some of his thoughts. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. We saw yesterday the Bureau issued a debt collection interim final rule related to the COVID-19 emergency. In a lot of my interviews with lenders and vendors, it seems people are growing more and more concerned about the CFPB. You think it's right that lenders are concerned about the CFPB and any future actions? I do think they should be concerned. If you think back about the history of the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, the group came out of the financial crisis. Dodd-Frank was voted in, and part of Dodd-Frank was setting up the CFPB. Its mission was to protect the consumer in all financial transactions, which is a very all-encompassing task. It's not that the CFPB singles out mortgage lenders or mortgage servicers, the CFPB singles out plenty of other, the financial life of consumers, you know, payday loans, uh, auto loans, credit cards, uh, consumer education, and all kinds of things. So when you look at the CFPB's mission, <clears throat> it is a, you know, it's a government agency that makes sure banks, lenders, and other financial companies treat consumers fairly. And the fact of the matter is they're, they're trying to do that. The question is how they do it. So, you know, they, they engage in consumer education. They, they issue rules and policy. They deal with enforcement and compliance. They send out data and research. But their mission, their overall mission is to protect the consumer. It's not to protect the lender or the vendor or the servicer. And so they have been in the press lately. They will continue to be, I shouldn't say they, it, it has been in the press lately. It continues to protect the consumer. And you're right, with the pandemic and COVID and so forth and forbearance, the, the CFPB is definitely uh, back in the news and wanting to make sure that servicers uh, especially protect the consumer. And what you're hearing and seeing with lenders and servicers, are they in good shape? especially when it comes to dealings with the CFPB? I think that that servicers and lenders 
are in much, much better shape than we were in 10, 12, 14 years ago. A lot of the changes that have been made uh, in the last four or five years with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau have been implemented by lenders and servicers. When, when the CFPB first started issuing enforcement actions and coming out with their, with their fangs bared, the CFPB caused a lot of fear in the industry and with good reason. <clears throat> People don't like uncertainty. And much of what the CFPB was doing or rumored to be doing, we didn't know. Uh, we were uncertain as to what, what it was going to be uh, uh, doing. So in the last four or five years, the agency has done a lot about educating lenders and servicers about policies and procedures and the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things and so forth and what it was focused on. And so lenders and servicers, they just want to know the rules, you know, give us the rules, let us play. We'll figure, you know, we'll figure out how to compete, uh, but just tell us the rules. Prior to this, we didn't know the rules. And so the, the uncertainty caused confusion and confusion doesn't help morale and, and causes a lot of problems. A lot of that's been cleared up now. And so, as I said, servicers and lenders have put in rules and regulations, policies, procedures, and so forth with the CFPB's mandates in mind. And so we are in a much better position than we were years ago. The question that I'm hearing lenders and servicers have is, gee, I know they said to do it this way four years ago, but is that still valid? And so as long as the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau plays by the rules that it's set recently, I think, I think we are in good shape. And I think that companies have beefed up their compliance departments. They've beefed up their QC departments. They've improved their consumer-facing efforts and, uh, and, and handled consumer complaints in a much better way than they did years ago. So I think the companies that are doing that aren't worried. They're con they're they're concerned. You know, it's it's a part of their business, but they're not they're not worried about it. Nor should they be. It's the it's the folks who may have skipped policies, procedures, guidelines. You know, maybe cut some corners and so forth. I think they should be worried. But for the most part, I think we as an industry are in a much better place than we were years ago, and I think that'll show up in a lack of. Uh, enforcement actions going forward. So you made a mistake that I make all the time, which is saying Consumer Finance Protection Bureau instead of Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. With all these acronyms in the mortgage industry, FHA, FHF, how does one how does one remember to get their words right? There are hundreds of acronyms. People people just lapse into them, and you're right. It is Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's not Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. My mistake. Good catch. Uh, it's just part of the lingo and, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. And finally, as you said, today is Snoop Dogg's birthday, 420. Blaze it up. How are you planning on celebrating? Is it really legitimately his birthday? I don't think it's actually his birthday. <laughs> All right. Thanks for taking the time. You're very welcome. As the calendar moves into the second quarter, U.S. economic data points to an economy that is gaining momentum as the long-awaited consumer boom has arrived. 
Total retail sales were 17% higher in March than they were prior to the pandemic, and every subcategory of store benefited from consumers' desire to spend. Given that a portion of this spending was due in part to the generous stimulus most households received, the question of how sustainable this elevated spending is, is top of mind. Many economists point to much-improved household balance sheets, buoyed by heightened savings over the last year, as potential fuel for successful service reopenings this summer. This assumes businesses, which are currently struggling to hire, can find workers to fill the expected demand. Surging demand also brings inflation concerns. Consumer prices were up 2.6% in March compared to one year ago. And while last year's low baseline will lead to elevated annual comparisons, recent inflation readings point to increasing prices. Despite those concerns, the Fed continues to say it will wait until it feels higher prices are sustainable before making any major changes to monetary policy, which could leave the near-term direction of rates up to market sentiment. Looking at the bond market yesterday, and therefore interest rates, and therefore mortgage rates, it was a quiet start to the week as investors await more earnings and economic data in the coming days. The Mortgage Bankers Association's latest forbearance and call volume survey revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by 16 basis points to 4.50% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior week as of April 11. According to MBA's estimate, we're down to 2.3 million homeowners in forbearance plans. The avalanche that some experts predicted has yet to happen. Like yesterday, today is incredibly light on market-moving data. We have seen Philadelphia Fed non-manufacturing for April, down 5.1 to 21.5, whatever that means. Later this morning brings Redbook same-store sales for the week ending April 12th. On the demand side, the New York Fed desk will conduct three operations, one in each class for a total of $6.6 billion. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged from Monday, which were unchanged from Friday, and the 10-year also unchanged, yielding 1.60%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Why is the letter W in English called W? Shouldn't it be called double V? Maybe oxygen is slowly killing you, and it just takes 75 to 100 years to fully work. The word swims, upside down, is still swims. Intentionally losing a game of rock, paper, scissors is just as hard as trying to win. <laughs> 110 years ago, everyone owned a horse, and only the rich had cars. Today, everyone has cars, and only the rich have horses. This podcast is sponsored by Churchill Mortgage. Churchill Mortgage has proudly been employee-owned since 2013. Churchill's unique mission is to help borrowers achieve debt-free homeownership and build wealth through a smarter mortgage plan, regardless of their starting point. Churchill is growing and would love to speak with you about opportunities in your area. Learn more about Churchill at churchillmortgage.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.